Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun podcast, our daily reading of the gospel and a brief meditation. I am James Thomas. Today is Monday, March 27th, 2023. It is the Monday of the fifth week of Lent. Yes, we are progressing along and getting closer to Easter. Our gospel reading today is taken from the gospel according to John. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, but early in the morning he arrived again in the temple area, and all the people started coming to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to test him, so that they could have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. But when they continued asking him, he straightened up and said to them, Let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he bent down and wrote on the ground, and in response they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. Then Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, sir. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on do not sin any more. So I don't know if any of you have heard the story of... It's a similar story to what we just heard. Jesus is there preaching and teaching in the temple area. They bring before him a woman caught in the act of adultery. Jesus leans down, writes on the ground, and he says... Let the one who is without sin be the first to cast a stone. Suddenly there's this commotion, and a woman runs through the crowd and takes a big boulder and throws it right at the lady. And Jesus turns and says, Mom, will you cut it out? Ha, ha, ha. Anyway, that aside, there is a great author, Louis DeWall. And Louis DeWall writes historical fiction, but he had done a lot of research before writing his stories, both on the life of Christ and St. Paul and other saints. And he wrote a book called The Spear, which is specifically about Cassius Longinus, the one who stabbed Jesus in the heart after Jesus's death on the cross. And this particular gospel that we just heard is included very much in that story. There's a young woman and her name is Naomi. And Naomi is in a very bad marriage. She's actually married to one of these uh, Pharisees. And he's abusive and it's miserable for her. And one day she connects with this Cassius Longinus, this Roman soldier. And the two of them commit an act of adultery. And then they're caught. And the Roman soldier is fine. He goes free. They have authority over the Jews and that particular time and space. But Naomi is brought into the temple area and Jesus is there teaching. And on the one hand, they hate Jesus and they want to see if they can trip him up. But on the other hand, this man, I mean, he wasn't happy in his marriage. So this is a great opportunity for him to get rid of his wife and to feel justified himself that he's such a good man and 
you know, the way we sometimes have this martyr complex. Oh, look at what I have to put up with. So he wants to see her stoned to death, especially now that he suffered the horrible offense of her committing this sin against him with this Roman soldier. So this whole thing happens. And then Jesus does what he does. And then she goes free. He says, go and sin no more. But, you know, she's not going to go anywhere. She's going to follow Jesus now. So she follows him. And it's not long after this, Jesus goes to the cross. And Cassius sees Naomi following Jesus to the cross. And he's on duty that day. He's one of the soldiers in charge of the crucifixions. And he keeps going over to her saying, okay, you're free now. You don't have to be with your husband anymore. This man freed you. Let's go. Let's go. We can be together. And she says, no, I'm going to follow Jesus now. And he doesn't get it. You're going to follow this guy, this loser, this criminal. He's going to die on a cross. Where where are you going to follow him to? And she said, no, no, no. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to stay with him. And he just gets so angry. So they argue back and forth on the way to the cross. Finally, Jesus dies, and they want to make sure he's dead. So Cassius is just so angry that Naomi has chosen this dead man over him. He thinks very highly of himself that it's a no-brainer for him. He takes his spear, and he rushes up to Jesus and his dead body, of course, and he stabs him in the side, and out flows blood and water. The blood and water pours a little bit on him. And at that moment, he is converted. Of course, he's also seeing the thunder and the lightning and the eclipse of the sun and the earthquake and all these other things that are happening at the time of Jesus's death. And he's converted and he realizes what he's done. And he's got that spear in his hand and he won't let go of the spear. Now he realizes what he's done. He's not thinking about Naomi anymore. He's thinking about, I just stabbed God in the side. I said horrible things about Jesus, the son of God. And I was part of this team here that crucified him. And so he became a bit of a nomad after that. And he carried the spear on him. It was like his own personal cross and he couldn't let it go. He couldn't let go of the guilt. And so he goes and he has a little bit of a journey, some adventures. And finally, it's a few years later that he meets St. Jude uh, in his travels And St. Jude talks to him and asks him, what are you doing? What is this spear? What are you holding on to? And he tells him, so St. Jude says, okay, give me the spear. Your sins are forgiven. And Longinus then becomes uh, a very important man in the early Christian community. He becomes a follower of Jesus. He accepts forgiveness of his sins. In this story, What we've heard in the gospel, and I guess we could include Longinus, we can include a lot of these other people that are involved, there's there's adventure, there's action, there's excitement there, there's people making a lot of mistakes, and then there's people being forgiven. Let's talk about Naomi, or whatever we want to call her, we're not sure that that was her name, this woman caught in adultery. Of course, in various uh, movie and TV depictions of this scene, we give this woman different identities, different names. And Mel Gibson's passion, they made this woman Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene very often finds herself in all sorts of different scenes, when in reality there were probably numerous women in in all these different scenes in the gospel. But uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say because we don't have all the history 100% accurately written down for us. So we take liberties here and there. We make guesses. 
But let's just talk about Naomi and, you know, whoever this woman is, we could even apply Mary Magdalene to the same line of thinking. And that is what Jesus came to do and what Jesus does for us and what Jesus did for this woman. Jesus ultimately is going to be our judge. But as long as we're still breathing, he's not yet the judge. When he was here on earth, he was not here to condemn and judge us. He was not here to force us to serve him. He came as a servant to us. Ultimately, his death on the cross pays the price for our sins. But in his work, those three years of public ministry, it was getting us ready for getting, getting us accustomed to the fact that we have a savior that we have God Almighty here among us. He's still here among us in various ways. That we have a Lord that loves us so much that he doesn't leave us in our sins, he doesn't condemn us in our sins, but rather he comes to pull us out of our sins. He comes to heal us. He comes to love us. He comes to restore our dignity. I love these stories about the woman caught in adultery and some of the other stories, like the Mary Magdalene stories. The woman that... uh, cried on Jesus's feet and wiped them with their hair, with her hair, because it's a spiritual truth that's conveyed here. Jesus forgives us. At one point, Jesus says something to the effect of, because she loves much, her sins will be forgiven much. So it is about a love affair with our Lord, and it is not a love affair among equals, because he's perfect. He never did anything to us. In fact, in justice, we could go to hell and that would be the end of it. That's what we deserve. So in great mercy, he reaches down to us. He comes to us from heaven, comes to save us, comes to die for us, lives among us, walks among us. And so, yes, there's a spiritual reality of him forgiving us and how clever he is with the Pharisees. Because he says, I have not come to abolish the law. The law says this woman needs to be killed because of her sin. Adultery is one of the biggies. Jesus doesn't say, oh, I've come to get rid of that law. Oh, never mind. We're not going to do that anymore. No. What does Jesus say? Fine. That's the law. Okay. Let the one among you without sin cast the first stone. In other words, Jesus is going to do something so much bigger than the law. The law remains as it is. Adultery is still one of the big sins. But Jesus does something with that law. He's come to fulfill the law. Okay, I'm going to show you mercy. You need to show each other mercy. Regardless of who you are, you think you're a big man because you wear that robe? You're nothing in comparison with Almighty God, and I'm going to show you. And Jesus gets angry with these Pharisees. There's a lot of different scenes where Jesus... I mean, he really, he, he unleashes anger against them, which he doesn't do towards people caught in adultery. He doesn't do that towards the tax collectors. He doesn't do that towards possessed people, etc. different types of people with problems and sins. He doesn't lose his cool with them, but he vents his anger against the religious leaders. It is believed, although we don't know this for sure, that when Jesus bent down and started writing on the ground, it's very possible that he was writing the sins of these men, reminding them, okay, you guys want forgiveness too, huh? Have you asked for it? Because look at what you're guilty of. 
but you're going to stone this woman, huh? Very interesting. Let the one of you without sin cast the first stone. So it's a mystery of forgiveness, but there's also something happening on the human level here. And this is what the church is all about. It's what we're supposed to be all about. We forget this sometimes. And that is the mystery of fatherhood. Pope John Paul said one of the greatest problems in the world today, at the heart of all our other problems, is a crisis of fatherhood. This has been the case in many places and times since the history of the world. We forget we have a loving father in heaven. And very often our fathers here on earth fail us. Who knows what this woman's story was, what her background was. But very often when, you know, there's a lot of different women in these stories. And these are women with a past. Very often it involves being promiscuous. And anybody that's done counseling, anybody that's worked with kids, anybody that's done therapy, very often there's a correlation between uh, daddy issues, maybe mommy issues, etc., and people acting out sexually. There's a correlation there. People are looking for love. They're, they're looking for the love they didn't find, and now that love has become eroticized. And so what does God do to heal us? And God tries to use the church for this in our day and age. He provides fatherhood. So on an emotional level, something is very beautiful that happens with Jesus' followers. They feel loved. As a result, their dignity is restored. They feel dignity. They feel important. Jesus wants us to feel like you are a son or daughter of the king of heaven and earth. You are important because you belong to almighty God. So he restores this woman's dignity. It's true you sinned, and I'm going to tell you, go, yeah, go and sin no more. I don't want you to sin. Largely because I don't want you to go to hell. I don't want you to live miserably in this life. You've already lived that life of sin. You've seen where it's led you. You're miserable. But that's not the point here. The point is, I'm going to give you the love that you need. I'm going to give you mercy and forgiveness, and I'm here for you. So she follows him, even when he's going to die. Even when this man, this Roman soldier, who knows, he's probably good-looking, muscular, he's probably got money. She says, no, I want to follow Jesus, the man who's about to die on a cross, because he gave me my dignity, because he gave me love that nobody else ever gave me, because he recognized that I'm important. How often these women in that society were just treated like garbage. Jesus treated her with great love, great dignity, as he did with all the other women, as he does really with all of us. And when we uh, approach him in the standpoint of being sinners, being needy, being lowly, that's when we have a claim to the physician. That's when we have a claim to Almighty God's goodness and love and grace. So a lot of good things to meditate on with this reading. We can imagine that Jesus is, uh, you know, he's as he is, he's there for us, he's forgiving us, he's loving us, he's giving us another chance. If we're pharisaical, he's reminding us of our sins so that we can get back in that position of being like the woman caught in adultery. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord, you know, and I mean, he says to her, has anyone condemned you? Well, neither do I. Go and sin no more. So, uh... Anyway, we ask the Lord to give us that grace that we may be among his followers, among these holy women, 
the Blessed Mother and the Apostles, that we may seek his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, and that we may have that zeal in following him, recognizing the great gift that we have been given. God bless you. Have a great day.